Hello and welcome to the SaltCast. My name is Ryan Johnson and I welcome Paul and Jason. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Good to be here. Very nice. I, I see you guys went with, I don't know how your cameras are set up, kind of how it's reflecting us, because Paul said hello and then Jason, and it kind of went right in line. Oh, that's love perfect. It. So, uh, well, you said Paul's so name maybe, first. That's my new go-to. Yep. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, so I thought that, you know, I've been reading a lot of different articles, seeing what out, what is out there about sales tax, what's popular to read about. And there's a lot of articles about, you know, automating your sales tax compliance and what that looks like, how to automate. And when I hear automate, it makes me feel like everything is going to be taken over. I can give them access to whatever my platform is where I sell my products and they'll take over and I don't have to worry about it. But we all know that that's not exactly the case, but I wanted you guys to kind of speak on what, what is automated and what is best automated, uh, you know, for our clients and for customers, potential customers and for our audience to, for you guys to share what exactly is automation when it comes to sales tax compliance? Well, <laughs> when I think of automation, obviously I think we all can agree at this point that, um, only in very, very rare exceptions can you say that there truly is a set it and forget it type situation in sales tax. So there's just too much going on, too much complexity on um, economic nexus thresholds. If you're registered everywhere and you're registered in all home rule jurisdictions in Alabama, Louisiana, Colorado, uh, and all you sell is the same type of tangible property that's taxable in all of those jurisdictions, maybe, maybe you can set it and forget it. But um, rates change, um, taxability changes, laws change, different items get brought up for taxability purposes. It's very difficult to just set it and forget it. And what we find is those who believe that they have acquired a set it and forget it plan through an automation um, provider uh, often come to us and say, okay, we've got these issues that we got to work through. And anytime you have a sales tax issue or a hiccup in the process, one, one of the favorite sayings we like to say is when you have a sales tax question, you don't want to talk to a sales tax rep, right? A sales tax rep wants to sell you something additional. You want to talk to a sales tax practitioner, someone who knows how to resolve the situation or, or help you get the answer that you need. Um, some, sometimes it's an issue with the software itself. I mean, software goes down. There, there are moments where the automation doesn't uh, work the way you had hoped it would work, um, even though it's all automated. And so sometimes you've got to correct something that's not working right. And when you think of a set it and forget it, you're... The process is there's transactional data that has to be identified and it's either pulled or provided or already within the system. Um, that's got to be analyzed and 
and uh, all of the rates that have been applied and the tax that's been collected um, has to be populated on, on the proper forms. And then those forms in some fashion electronically or via paper have to get to the jurisdictions on time and properly. And then those payments have to be made. Well, any breakdown in any connection or automation can create any number of issues that you might find. And so what we find is, is people really do like a hands-on approach. They really do like calling or emailing and talking to a practitioner or a person that's dedicated to their account, can walk through any issues or problems, can, if there is a problem, can actually work through resolving what that problem is, identifying what could have happened and why it happened and how to fix that going forward. And you don't have to buy a five-figure support package <laughs> uh, to get those answers. Um, or you don't have to try to figure it out on your own or guess what possibly could have happened. So um, the set it and forget it, I, I think we can agree, it can't happen. There's got to be somebody that has some dedicated effort to reviewing what's happening in the system. And that's not going to be your automated solution provider. It's going to be somebody on your team who's observing that solution and the processes and making sure that everything's happening as it's supposed to happen. So to your point or to your question, where I personally see after uh, 26 years uh, of being a practitioner that automation specifically truly is maybe not a fully set, in, set it and forget it, but where it's extremely valuable where the cost benefit um, is significant is in determining rates, accurate rates on taxable items. So taxability, determining whether a sale in real time is taxable or, um, and if it is, at what rate should it be applied or imposed on that transaction. Obviously, when it comes to rates, uh, it's not always just a straightforward, here's where it was sold, here's what the rate is, right? There's all sorts of variations as it relates to state and zip, how many jurisdic taxing jurisdictions and rates are within one zip code. Um, we talk a lot about rooftop rates, which is the most accurate way to uh, get the rate. Um, but you want it applied on taxable items, and taxable items could be taxable at the full rate for that rooftop or that jurisdiction, or it could be imposed at a reduced rate, or it could be imposed at a state rate plus some sort of cap on the local tax that's applied to that transaction. And so if, if you were in five states, because you had physical presence in five states and you've been making sales in those five states and you have figured out the taxability, and maybe you get a, a table of rates and you feel pretty good uh, about your situation. That's one thing. But come along Wayfair, your customers are in 40 states and you exceed the nexus thresholds in those 40 states. And what you sell in those states is taxable, so you should be registered in those states. Now, now you're trying to figure out transactions across 40 states. And you're trying to figure out whether it's taxable and at what tax rate it should be taxed. So for us, um, you come to us with that situation, we're almost always going to encourage you to get some sort of a real-time connection to rooftop rates and taxability. Now, we'll help you set that up. We don't provide that solution, but we can help you get that solution set up properly. So 
Um, because that's the other aspect of set it and forget it, right? You sell an item and there's a tax code related to that item. And if the tax code um, is set up for something that you're not selling or is different than what you're selling, then the taxability results could be different than what um, they should be in a particular state. So you could be over collecting or under collecting in those situations. But once you have what you sell um, connected to a proper code, that real-time taxability that's built into the automation solution to us is brilliant. It really is just brilliant. Because we could do, well, Paul's been on a, a, a number of different research projects where maybe we're going to provide you a chart. And Paul will always tell you, everybody knows that I like to speak on behalf of Paul. Paul's always going to tell you <laughs> that when we give you this chart, this chart is very general and it's a good starting point but if but but this is this doesn't hold up under audit or under scrutiny of audit right you still need to know the answer this can give you a good start and this could give you a good feeling about the basis of what the taxability might be but it's not what we call a deep dive where we've gone in and we've looked at law and letter rulings and cases uh, on this topic or this subject and this is how the state would rule on taxability um, we can th that's an expensive approach to figuring out taxability and it's only as good as the moment we give you that information um, and so with with the automation automated solutions there's some indemnification because they work with the states to get this information correct so when a taxability is imposed if if the mapping is set up correctly at a particular rate um, and you're using one of these solutions oftentimes the state's going to look at that see that you relied on that solution and there's some indemnification that you're not going to have to pay out of pocket because a wrong decision was made on taxability so you have a little bit of coverage with this type of solution as well so <clears throat> we, we recommend to a lot of people to have some sort of a connector to to get access to this information that's the best um, case for uh, using automation in, in my mind. Paul may have a different thought or idea. I totally that. agree. I was uh, reached out by a, a previous client of, of ours who moved to another company just this morning and she was asking me about um, finding a, an integrated and automated solution to their rate engine or to their website uh, shopping cart of this rate engine that would connect to their shopping cart and she wants an automated solution that's going to grow with them and so from an automated solution it makes sense that you want something that you can set it and forget it but can you truly set it and forget it <sighs> i would debate that point that you can truly set it and forget it for a growing company i mean just like parson if if all you're in is five states or if you're in all states all colorado locals type of a thing and you're selling tpp then yeah maybe you could set it and forget it but if you're a growing company, I think of another client that uh, has this automation set up, but now instead of selling just straight TPP, current client of ours, they're now selling a service. And so what do they do? Well, they set this service up in the automated solution as TPP. Oh, whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> That's not right. Um, services aren't taxable the same as TPP is. So when you wait, have wait, this automated wait, what is solution… TPP? You're talking about tangible personal property. Thank you. 
Okay. They're just selling widgets. They're selling um, yeah, items, products. different different tangible yeah. products. Not but now they're offering a service. <laughs> yeah, now they're offering a service. No, we're not talking about toilet paper. It could Thank be. You, Par. Toilet paper is a tangible product. <laughs> this is true. So going back, they part of this automated solution is they set this product up as tangible personal property, as a tangible mm -hmm. product, but it's not taxable that way. So their set-it-and-forget-it model that they just integrated this service in not a good solution. This new client who um, reached out this morning, uh, they're just selling tangible products right now and so setting it up, forgetting it for now, but then revisiting it, you know, as business changes, as you start selling different products, as you start doing different things, um, you enter into more states. It's always wise to do an annual, at least an annual review of the business footprint, your structure. Um, considering should I deregister in some states can I deregister do I have nexus still do I need to register in other states doing this review is is key um, and so from an automated perspective yeah there are aspects that you can automate and that we encourage you to automate um, it's it's going to be costly and so from a business decision you've got to be able to you know cost benefit analysis make that decision of how automated do you want it? How, how much do you want to pay? And there are solutions across the board to answer all of those questions. And so automation is nice key, to have a, yeah, it's just nice to have a partner options. in that. You yeah. know, if you talk to an automated solution provider and you ask questions like, what do I need? What should I do? I know that they're going to say, you need all of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> It, they're not going to give you that cost-benefit analysis by saying, um, you know, here's a solution that we think makes sense or makes practical sense in your business solution or setup. They may not even get into too much detail about your business operations. Um, they want to sell you software. They want to sell you more products. And so they, they, they may not be the partner you want in, in helping you make those decisions. And so even if you have full automation, mm -hmm. it's so nice to bounce things off of a practitioner who can give you some ideas on, on what best practices or best solutions would be. Now, I don't want to digress, even though I'm, I'm obviously fully capable of, of digressing, but just going back to your uh, example of someone saying, hey, I'm, I'm selling services now, which are likely to be taxable in fewer states than the tangible products are taxable in. Sometimes the client will say, well, why don't we just set it up, all of it as TPP, right? Tangible personal property. And let's just make it all taxable. So I sell services and probably if I start selling services and I set it up as TPP, I'm probably overcharging tax in various states. Some states it might be taxable, some states, it might be taxable under a different tax type, right? You start thinking about uh, states like Illinois that has a retailer's occupation tax, which is a tax on tangible products. And then they have also a, a service occupation tax, which is uh, items that are taxable for services that are provided. And it's taxed differently. So you need to understand that from state to state. Before I digress too far, all I'm trying to say is you can't just your answer can't be to set it and forget it. I'm just going to set it all as a taxable code. In doing so, you're overcharging customers in a myriad of states. 
and you're likely to get yourself in some sort of a class action lawsuit. In, in, in the world of litigation, you really do need to get it right. And so the automated solution in determining taxability and rates, along with getting your products properly matched up to that, is uh, key to efficiencies within your compliance model for sales tax. Um, but I would venture to say, as you've said, Paul, it, it just can't be an absolute set it and forget it, um, especially in an expanding company, Yeah, uh, as you've indicated. Yeah, for sure. Nobody wants to end up like even Peloton of our day that, you know, got a lawsuit against them for improperly and overcharging arbitrarily sales tax on the services that they provide. Nobody wants that. And so not everybody's going to be as big as Peloton, so it may not be a concern. Maybe starting off, you tax everybody. In worst-case scenario, you end up having to refund that tax to customers who actually know better. It's a common thing um, when people are selling clothing, and clothing's not taxable in certain states, or it's exempt under a certain amount of uh, sale. And certain customers in those states know that legislation, so when they buy clothing, and they're charged tax, they go back to the vendor, hey, you charged me tax inappropriately, I need a refund. And then you deal with the refund at that point. But if you're huge, <clears throat> like Peloton, and people get together and file a lawsuit, nobody wants that. So mm -mm. at least getting off on the right foot, starting out down the right path, getting some collaboration, understanding what your responsibility and your liability, or what your responsibility is so that you don't have any future liability, um, super, super valuable. And we think that every business ought to, to, to I, li I liked that, your that discussion. I liked your cadence there. It's almost like you were doing a, a rap song um, because <laughs> I was noting that both Ryan and myself were nodding. So it looked like we were actually bouncing our heads to your cadence and your language. Um, Paul Johnson, the salt rapper. Um, thank you. You're welcome. For that today. I, I remember an old presentation we used to do, a webinar. We talked about like the five hotspots, and one of the slides in there it talks about the taxing jurisdictions. We're talking about tax rates. And I remember, you know, we, we chose the, this number because it was between, you know, a lower number and a higher number of, num of the number of taxing jurisdictions. I remember being blown away the first time. Mm hmm but like it was like eleven thousand nine hundred different taxing jurisdictions. Yep. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, there's fifty states, so there's fifty different taxing jurisdictions. Yeah, it's a good point. You you've got twelve thousand to pick from. Um, right. And within a particular zip code, you may have uh, a dozen or a couple dozen um, different rate combinations that can result in you charging the incorrect rate. Um, so, I mean, uh, anybody figuring out the rates themselves now have to be someone um, who has few sales and the items they sell are very high dollar items to actually take the time to identify the correct rate and get it right. And you want to because you're talking oftentimes about hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax on those types of transactions, um, whereas you can add up to that amount of tax obligation of cross-selling a lot more items in higher volume at lower uh, amounts. But 
if if um, it just doesn't make practical sense unless you're selling um, a very low volume of high dollar items um, in a few states not to have some sort of way in real time to determine what the accurate rate should be and in audits rates are a, a huge item that's scrutinized by auditors they're whether they're running a sample or they're doing a detailed audit they're going to be looking at the rate of tax that was collected on your sales in the state that's auditing you and if that's understated you're going to get an assessment with penalty and interest for under collecting the proper amount of tax if it's overstated there's going to be direction to give that money back to the customers or um, in the case of Peloton and other different situations uh, with whistleblower laws and and, um, and attorneys looking for the next big thing you're, you're very likely to be in a situation that could be uh, quadruply harmful to you but uh, yeah thanks guys I I think this is a great topic and and people will gravitate towards this and I think this is this this is what automation really does really well and, and something like technology has brought to us in our day that is simply amazing and something that should be utilized. Um, so again, guys, thank you so much for coming on with me today, and we hope to see you on another one. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Good to be with you.